Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're on mute, by the way. Welcome one. Ah, Flooding that rifle. Can we can we restart? <laughs> yeah, go right ahead, Dave. Okay, from uh from one. Okay, three, two, one. Hello everybody and welcome again to uh Harry's Code at Dexter Podcast. I am one half of your hosts. Josh. Josh. Yeah, maybe you should have a name like uh Killer Josh or you know you know what we should do? What's that? We should come up with our own killer nickname. Like, you know, the first season it was the Ice Truck Killer. Second season, the Bay Harbor Butcher. The third season, the Skinner. We need to come up with our own names. If we were killers, maybe we should do that for the next show. What would our serial killer nickname be? What do you think? I love it. So next show we will have our very own serial killer nicknames. <laughs> All right. But but in the meantime, who are you? Oh, I'm Kente. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just got a text saying my nick my serial killer nickname should be morally corrupt. <laughs> so morally corrupt killer strikes again. <laughs> right. I, I I I take uh mm-hmm. that should be my hip hop uh, rapper name though actually morally corrupt. So you'd be MC MC. <laughs> Pretty much MC MC. <laughs> That's who MC I be. Squared. <laughs> That's who I be. MC MC, basically. Oh man. Yes, I'm Kente. And uh also uh we have a, a live show. And um we gotta get people to call in. The number is area code three four seven three two six nine five four one. Once again, that's area code three four seven three two six nine five four one. Once you call in, that's you have to press one, and that will get you into the host queue. So uh, I have my screen up, so um, I can see if anyone calls in. Uh, don't be shy; we want to hear your opinions. 
so far it's taken us two weeks to get halfway through season three. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Tonight we will get as much of the rest of season three as in as possible, but we can't even begin to think about that until we press the red button and bring up uh, the Danger Room Dexter news. All right, and I'll play the little news. Okay, hit the theme. <laughs> wow, that was that was wonderful. All right, so uh, season eight, we're fastly approaching it. Uh, it, it should premiere June thirtieth, um, two thousand thirteen, on Sunday. Um, now this will be season eight, and there was some news. The first news was that season eight would be the last season. Then we got some rumblings that a possibility of season nine, or perhaps even a Dexter movie. But this has come out uh, from uh, CBS president uh, Les Moonves. CBS owns uh, owns uh, Showtime. That um, that uh, sorry about that. Um, that Dexter. This will be the last season of Dexter. Um, the end. You know they suspect that this will be it. Uh, he did a, a press conference. Um, and where he said that uh, they expect this to be the last season. So uh, all those who were expecting season nine, uh, you guys will probably be a little disappointed because there won't be any. So I mean, I think that's good and that's good and uh, sad news as well because you know you don't want a show that you really like to just go on and on and on forever. You know, I, there needs to be an endpoint, especially. This kind of uh, show, it, you know, you you suspect an an endpoint. So, all right. So season eight looks like that will be it for that. Um, also, uh, we have um, Amy Garcia, who plays uh, Batista's uh, sister on uh, Dexter. She is voted among the. The 56 sexiest Mexicans in Hollywood. <laughs> so wait, there's wait, wait. 56. Yeah, the 56 Mexicans in Hollywood. She is voted uh, one of the 56. That seems to be an odd number. To... I know, right? <laughs> it's like you know what? We could have a top 10, but you know, there's only 56, so <laughs> let's just print the whole thing. <laughs> You know what's, what's funny too about it is um is I didn't know there was 56 uh Mexican working Mexican uh actors in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm pretty surprised it's that many cuz you know it's not the most uh diverse place in the world, Hollywood. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can name them all real quick. There's uh Danny Trejo. <laughs> right? There's um uh Robert Rodriguez. Oh, he's a director. I guess they said in Hollywood they didn't have to be an actor, so I guess the the um, craft services guy can be included in that. Okay, so uh, now you have the uh, maintenance crew at Paramount. Yeah, yeah, I heard that dude's hot. 
<laughs> you can send all of your hate mail directly to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you, you throw it out there and it just fails. <laughs> all right, so... Uh, as we reported last on last episode that uh, that uh, Michael C. Hall was directing episode two of this season of Dexter, and um, once again um, we have a tweet from Jennifer Carpenter saying that uh, it's the last day of Michael C. Hall di- uh, directing on episode two, and the rain on the roof of my trailer sounds like his rounds of applause for a very good uh, very. Good job, well done. So apparently, uh, his castmates are saying he did a good job in directing the episode. And this is coming from an ex, so I know, right? <laughs> so I wonder though if he stunk as a director, would she have tweeted that? I would hope so. <laughs> like this guy needs to quit. <laughs> you know. It's like yeah, um, you can't direct. Uh, any better than you can screw. So you might not want to quit your day job. <laughs> oh man, you know what? With her mouth, the mouth on that girl. You know, I I think she would do something like that. Wouldn't it be funny if we find out that in actuality she's very quiet, and timid, and never cusses at all ever? <laughs> if that is really who she is, Jennifer Carpenter. Um, she doesn't do a good job of showing that because by her tweets, she sounds like Deb tweeting. <laughs> you know, she don't sound meek and mild at all. Well, you know how those, uh, you know, Hollywood types are. They get other people to tweet for them and whatnot. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's the case, but I'm just saying. Uh, so, uh, also, um, other news, um... James Remar, who plays Harry, uh, the show this name is the show's named after Dexter's uh, dad. Um, he joins the cast of NBC's pilot, The Hatfields and McCoys. So uh, I'm not quite sure what what part he, he's going to play, but uh, it's a, I don't know, and I don't know why they're going to do a Hatfield and McCoy TV series. <laughs> they just did a miniseries that was quite successful. So he's going to be another fatherly figure, I'm sure. Yeah, hopefully he will. Well, you know what? I think he might be teaching his uh, his kids uh, how to kill. Right, <laughs> right. He got that locked down pretty much. Pipe casting. Uh, it's a bitch sometimes. He needs to be in a nice rom-com. There you go. There you go. Dexter's daddy needs to be in a rom-com. So... So what else do we have for Dexter News? Um, that's it. That's, that's it? That's it. Uh, a short news week. So so I guess we can get back into season three. Maybe not. Uh-oh. What, what, what? I might have a uh, bit of news. Okay. Well... I don't know if you've heard, but I'm not sure if it's true because I'm having a hard time pulling up the article. (laughs) (laughs) So how about you guess? What could this bit of uh, uh, Dexter casting news be? It is casting news. I'll give you that much. Um, uh, Let's see. Dexter's. Father. 
No? I th- I think he's had, um, like, his biological? Yeah, biological father. He's dead. Yeah, but maybe they're going to say that, you know, he's not. <laughs> they're going to pull a Star Wars and, you know. <laughs> Obi-Wan, you know, you helped. You, you've been a great guy, but th- this really is my kid, and I, I should have some something to do with his life, don't you think? Uh, um, so I, I, by that sound, I, I guess I was way off, so not daddy. Uh, Dexter's, uh, a new love interest for Dexter. It could be, but I seriously doubt it. Hmm. Mostly because it's male. Oh, hey, he's changing. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with that. It would, it would put the show in an in- interesting direction. But that's <laughs> not it. Um, Dexter's, uh, Dexter's, uh, um, laboratory mate. I don't know. What I give up? What? What is it? What is it? Well, I can't I can't find the story to confirm, so I'm not even gonna mention it. So let's get back into season three. <laughs> oh God! You know that the people at home were like ancient. Uh, they were like, "Oh, please, please, what's the news?" And then you're just gonna leave them hanging? Okay, I'll 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 say what I thought it was, but I couldn't remember. Um, I thought I read somewhere that. Uh, Leave Schreiber was. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> okay, so it's like I'm not crazy. No, you're I not crazy. I, I I did see that, but uh, um, yeah. Oh, or is it uh, a new show with him coming on around the time Dexter goes off the air? Well, you know what, Leave Schreiber does have a show that um is coming on uh, too. But you know, sometimes what these networks do is they will have uh they will have you know, one of those people from the new show be on the the other one, you know what I mean? To kinda of give them a you know, to start them out there. Yeah. So I mean Well <clears throat> I get it. Um and I'm sorry to to be like, Hey everybody. Never mind. I I understand how how much of a pain in the ass that can be. Anyway, Kente, how about, oh, for the next 60 seconds or so, eh, maybe 90 seconds, you just get everybody caught up on one through six just real quick. Okay. Um, Dang. All right. (laughs) All right, I'll do the Reader's Digest version of episodes one through six. Okay, Dexter starts out with uh um Dexter starts out hunting a drug dealer named Freebo. Dexter fucks up, kills wrong man. Um turns out wrong man is district attorney's brother, uh who seems to be a good guy. Dexter is like, "Oh shit." So Dexter is like trying to find the uh the person that he attended to kill, who now the police believe 
is, in fact, the person who killed the district attorney's brother. So Dexter is able to kill the uh, this guy, but then the district attorney um, finds out that Dexter did it, and they become friends. So what happens is Dexter, at this point, is now considering killing with the district attorney. Okay, that's one thread. Also, Dexter is, uh, there's a guy that's going around um, skinning people. The He's named the Skinner. They think it's Freebo, the drug dealer that that uh, people believe that he, he killed uh, the assistant uh, district attorney's um, brother. But in fact, it's another character. And... Also, we have the introduction of of Quinn. Quinn is a police officer who just has been um, transferred over to um, Homicide Division of Miami Metro, and he has a pass, potentially. And Deb, Dexter's sister, is being approached by IAB, the Internal Affairs Bureau, to rat on on Quinn. And she is not. She's considering not doing it, even though they're offering. They're offering her a her detective shield. And that's something she just really, really wants. Right. But then they find out that uh, she had a pass with him, a a potential um, romantic pass. And uh, I don't know how much romance was involved? But yeah. Yeah, obviously it wasn't very good romance because she seems to hate his guts. Well, it was so <laughs> good romance that uh, she hates his guts for it ending. Right, you could look at it that way. That's the way I look at all my breakups. Oh, is, is that is that how it is? Yeah, I just wreck them. <laughs> so, anyway, so where we're at is um, the episode is entitled. Easy as pie. It's oh. episode seven of of uh, season three, thirty-one overall. It is directed by Stephen Schill, written by Lauren Geisis, and uh, and it premiered November ninth, two thousand and eight. Uh, and I'll let you start start this uh, episode. Okay. I <clears throat> I think this is no, it's not the first time, but we start out with Dexter and Miguel, yes? Yes. And Miguel has this idea. This kind of strangely logical but seriously twisted view of what the code should be. So he he brings up a name. Um what's her name? Um oh Ann Wolf. Ann Wolf? Yeah. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, this is the the district attorney chick. But it was Ellen. Ellen. Whatever. 
Dick Wolf. Terrible people. <laughs> uh, Dick Wolf. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, Ellen Wolf. Ellen Wolf. You're right. I'm sorry. Miguel wants Dexter to kill Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. <laughs> like I tried and tried and tried, and they would not bring me on to Law and Order. <laughs> Although he is, he... uh-huh. <laughs> so as uh, as the audience can probably tell, I'm just buying time here because uh, <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm being brutally honest, uh, just as brutally as anyway. Miguel suggests Ellen Wolf, the uh, defense attorney, to be a potential. Uh, Victim for Dexter. Oh, Dexter, he understands the reason for it. He's like, well, she gets murderers off through stupid crap. And maybe, since she's responsible for putting killers back on the street, she could fit the code. He thinks about this and then decides... Yeah, no. But at the same time, all this is going on, because remember, in the world of Dexter, uh, unlike many other um, shows, things don't just happen one after the other. we got stuff going on at the same time. And uh, Sylvia, Miguel's wife, is is telling Rita that she thinks Miguel is having an affair. Hmm. <laughs> she he is with Dexter <laughs> pretty much. That would be like an emotional affair, I suppose. Mhm. And then Deborah reveals to Anton that he's being used as bait. Yeah, how about that? That's something you want to hear, right? Oh god. Hey, by the way, there's a Skinner guy, uh he gets that name because he stings people. You know, we, we talked about this with him. Um, what we're doing, it's not, this is what we're going to do. It's not, would it be okay if we did this? It's, by the way, you're big right now. Yeah, just just, just thought you'd want to know. Oh, yeah, and, you know, that's exactly what a guy wants from his woman. And I guess the only um, the only other real big development in this episode is uh, we're going to bring up Camilla again, Marjo Martindale, uh, and she straight up asks Dexter to help her die. What do you think about that? The fact that she actually finally came out and said it. Well, you know, it was funny because, I mean, it was pretty obvious, always what she wanted. And I don't know, I wasn't quite sure if Dexter got it at first. He didn't seem to get it, even though everybody at home is like, dude, <laughs> you know, this is what she she wants you to help him, you know. Yeah. But, but you know what's, what which was uh, really interesting about all of this is that, you know, she makes a very good point for why she wants to die. It's not, you know, it's not, uh, she, 
this is not something she's gone about lightly. She's given a lot of thought. She's seen her husband um, die in a much, you know, a similar way. And, you know, it's a very sane choice. You know, I mean, you can argue whether you think it's okay or not, but um, it's a very sane and, you know, she knows exactly that, you know, she doesn't want to continue to live. And, you know, I don't know if I would do that if I was in that position, but, you know, I can respect her for, you know, that's what she wanted. Yeah, you know, for something that actually finally seems to be right up his alley with this woman, you know, um, because all, all before she's like, I don't want to shit myself. I want pie, you know. <laughs> uh, Dexter just for killing has has no he, he has no idea. He's like, hmm, she wants pie. She doesn't want to, you know, shit herself. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I wouldn't uh, like to shit myself either. I wouldn't want to either. And Dexter's like, hmm. I wouldn't want to do that either. So, but um, remember this though. I hope that Dexter got rid of that recipe after. <laughs> you know, I hope he doesn't use that recipe again on it on uh, any of his family or anything like that. His key lime pie. With well, the... it's not thinner. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about gaining weight from eating that. <laughs> Was it this episode that uh, he made uh, the pie? Uh, and she took it and she died. He put he injected the the poison in it and she died peacefully. And she's like, "You finally found me the perfect key lime pie." Thank you, Dexter. Unfortunately, I can't eat key lime pie now because I think I'm gonna die when I after eating it. I can't eat it either, mostly because I don't care for it. I don't really either. It makes it easy to stay away. But you know, it. Uh, I think it it made the uh, joke better if I acted like I eat ate key lime pie. Well, <laughs> uh. Anything else happened in this episode, or can we move on? <laughs> no, yeah. Well, Dexter goes into uh, the office where he sees uh, Miguel helping his brother Ramon avoid jail time for the illegal interrogation. And Deborah, you know, that Deborah and uh, Quinn busted him uh, from from the last episode. And Ramon, Ramon uh, actually gives up his uh, shield, but he will not be charged. Um, and, uh, you know, this is something that... Uh, LaGuerta basically um, sets up. So uh, Miguel thanks uh, Miguel thanks her for the help. As well he should. Well, yeah, you know, because it could have been a lot worse for her, her brother. So, um, so um, during the meeting, a department meeting on the Skinner case, uh, Dexter wonders uh, who he in, who. Should he uh, invite to his wedding? Yeah, I love the way the way he's just like sitting there thinking about it. <laughs> like, hmm, should I invite him? Uh, how about him? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that just just 
the the situation. Dexter needs to find out who to invite to his wedding. What? <laughs> and they think this show is all about killing, right? Right. You know, it has moments of this. So, what's next? Okay, so uh, Deborah and Quinn visit the mother of uh, murdered Freebo assistant Wendell. You know, that's the, the kid. Yeah. Uh, who throws um, Deb, Deb and um, um, Quinn out because uh, you know they, they she found the card that uh, Deb gave him you know in his shorts when he was killed. So basically, uh, you know, she was saying that it was against his their her wishes for them to be for him to be interviewed. And, um, you know, Deborah is, is really broken up about that, you know, um, because part of your job, you know, you have to do these things. But when you have a child, you know, who's put in harm's way, you know, what do you do, right? So he was like kind of a casualty in their quest to find the Skinner. So at this point, you know, they think the Skinner is uh, is um, freeball. So, um, next scene, Dexter arrives at a new crime scene where uh, it's a, a college valedictorian, Lisa Morton. And, uh, hello? Speak up, man. Speak up. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I thought you, I lost you. So, he's investigating this, this case. Um, and, uh, at the same time, um, you have uh, Dexter goes and visits uh, Miguel about the um, the uh, cheek, the uh, cheeky Hines case. That cheeky bastard just bringing him down. <laughs> and what happens is they're at a driving range, and what happens is um, Miguel is trying to convince Dexter that they need to kill uh, Ellen Wolf. The defense attorney who helped who helped the uh, this case, and the thing is, like we were talking about earlier, is yeah, she's a defense attorney, but she's just doing her job. She's not doing anything illegal. You may say think it's a immoral, but you know Dexter can't reconcile killing her. And most of the reason why why uh, Miguel wants to kill um, uh, Wolf is for personal reasons because it can mess his career up more so. More so that she deserves to die. How dare she be good at her job? Right, right, you know? So. You know, we've, we've talked about it before. All right. It, it's one of those issues um, that people debate. doesn't matter if a district attorney knows you're guilty or knows you're innocent. Uh, or it doesn't matter if a, def- a defense attorney knows you're guilty or knows you're innocent, because either way, they're supposed to do their jobs to the best of their ability. Mm, yeah. I understand with the DA, it might be a little different, because, well, if you know he's innocent, why the hell are you pressing charges? Right. And it's like, you know, the evidence is compelling, we just don't have anything to prove he didn't do it. You know, maybe it's one of those things they find out, like, right before the trial starts, um, someone's like, we know he didn't do it, but we don't have anything we can submit into court. 
because yeah, you know they have a uh, the the defense attorneys have a right to get to the truth, whereas the uh, I'm sorry, the um, prosecutor, the defense attorneys just pr- protect their client, you know, in all the legal ways that they can. So it's a different burden, really. But you know, most def- most uh, prosecutors go from the assumption of an adversarial system, where you know I'm on the other side, therefore that's the only thing that matters. So, eh. all right. So, um, in the next scene, we have Angel Batista and Gianna. You know, the uh, the uh, undercover police officer who um, they're on a date, and uh, it seems like everything's going along well. But she's hinting to him that as of now, she just wants to be friends. So, uh, what do you think about that? Gee. Uh-huh. Hearing from a woman, uh-huh. I just want to be friends. I'm trying to, to figure out in my head if that's worse than getting kicked in the nuts. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't care how cool he plays it off. He's like, you know, that's fine. I'm, you know, friends. That's cool. You know, we're still hanging out. That's all I wanted to begin with. He, yeah, he's he's like cool, whatever. But you know, and I know, as soon as you know he was alone, he was like, "Ah, damn it, fuck, no, God." <laughs> he, oh man, I don't, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times that's happened to me. Uh-huh. You know, it's really bad when you get treated like a gay best friend and you're like totally straight. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, who wants that shit? It's it's oh you know take a moment or, you can take a moment and cry if you like I think I will <laughs> okay moment done time to get into this jet star all right so Maria or La Guarta brings Ellen Wolf into her office and um, she wa- she said in a previous episode that she had information on Miguel Prado's uh, legal career the true story of what kind of man he is. And, you know, uh, Wolf mentions that uh, Miguel's M.O. includes jury tampering, tampering, witness intimidation, among other misdeeds, but that uh, he has covered up his tracks very well. She also tells LaGuardia that she she will be representing um, Chung, the uh, that's the witness in the Cheeky Hines case, who's about to turn himself in. So, um... You know, I mean, is it surprising that uh, Miguel is such a bad boy? <laughs> Not, no. It, I don't want that. Uh-huh. Is it? I'm not sure where this... Would it be more of a feather in your cap if you can say, you know, I'm so good, I convicted an innocent man. <laughs> I'm so good, I convicted an innocent man. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's... Uh, I would no. imagine the the level of difficulty for doing that would be pretty high mm-hmm. because they didn't do it. I mean, I I would be like, yeah, another one of my uh, one of my uh, prosecution. What do they call one of my defendants? Yeah, am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. Defendant uh, got out of jail again. They're like, why? Well. I was so good during the trial, like you got an innocent guy convicted. You know, what can I do? 
I'm just doing my job, getting people thrown in jail. <laughs> it's their job to get out. Yeah. You have to be quite a douche to do something like that. Now, now, um, Miguel Prado, uh, Ellen Wolf, and LaGuerta, um meet together to discuss the terms of of Chung's surrender, with a, a De- Dexter allowed to sit in, and the conversation dissolves into a shouting match between uh, Ellen Wolf and Miguel Prato. But afterwards, uh, Dexter decides that Wolf is guilty of nothing more than doing her job very well and has no interest in killing her. So, uh, so uh, that really enrages uh, Miguel because you know Miguel has an agenda. Dexter said it's a no go, and you know what? I have this thing that I like to do is when someone asks me for something, a lot of times I like to say no first, just to see how they take no. You know what I mean? Um, because sometimes when you, people don't get what they want, you see their true colors, you know what I mean? So I think in this way, it was good for Dexter to say no, even though I think he, he said no for, because of you know solid reasons, but he got to see exactly what kind of person Miguel is when he didn't get his way. You know, I thought I was the only one that did that. Yeah, you do too. Yeah, it's like I have no, I have absolutely no reason to deny you what you want, but I'm going to. Now, how do you deal with that? <laughs> and if you know, if the response is, well, I don't have any control over it, so I guess I'm gonna have to let it go. I'll be like, just kidding. You can have what you want. But if they're like, oh, God, no, I, but I needed, blah, 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 you know, just bitch and they're whining, it's like, yeah, the answer's still no. <laughs> right. Like, I even do this, like, if I'm going to a grocery store and there's the kids that's selling uh, cookies or candy or or something like that, like, I'll, going into the store, I'll always say no. And if the kid is all like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, uh, oh, you ain't getting nothing. But when I come, when I come, if they're really polite and kind and stuff, when I'm coming out, you know, then if I if I'm able to, I'll you know I'll say, hey, you know what? Let me get one of these boxes, you know, or just give them five dollars or whatever. It's probably cheaper to do that, <laughs> as much as those things cost. So, um, okay, so um, um, Dexter denies them. Yeah, Dexter denies him. And, um, you know, M- Miguel, like, blows up at Dexter. Uh, so, uh, um, and then also, too, Rita um, confronts Dexter about, is Miguel having an affair? Which Dexter says, no, he's not having an affair. Uh, Which, of course, she takes as, he is! <laughs> so... I didn't. I, I didn't write it. That's just uh, a woman's logic. Remember, all hate mail. All right. After so, after pulling the all-nighter, Deborah Deb uh, appears to have found a major break in the Skinner case. Uh, he she tells Angel and Quinn that every, that the home of every victim of the Skinner attacks recently had their tree trimming done. 
so uh she thinks the uh the skinner is using tree trimming as a cover as a cover um so that's man that's scary cuz you know what the guy that tr- trims my trees he's pretty creepy too you know Who did what now? I said the guy who trims my trees. He's pretty creepy. No, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> so, I don't know. I I don't know if he's skinning people. Let's hope not. Let's hope so. <laughs> I, no, that, you never that, know when you need a guy that does that in your uh, list of friends. Yeah, as long as he don't skin uh, skin me. I did say list of friends. <laughs> okay. Um. So you you're what you're telling me mm-hmm. even though I already know the answer and I've seen this season so many times what you are telling me is the skinner is a cutter <laughs> he's a trimmer <laughs> cutter a trimmer <laughs> the skinner is a trimmer and a cutter <laughs> pretty much he prefers his waffles with syrup anyway um so, do you think it was really shocking to find out that uh, Deb, some you know, manages to pull this lead after noticing all of the trees? And and she 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 sounds like a crazy woman. She's like, the answer's in the trees. I know it sounded like that. Uh, what's that movie with the trees? Um, the crappening. <laughs> you know, it's the, the trees, trees are killing everybody. <laughs> That's where we got the famous. What? No. Uh, what? No. It <laughs> <laughs> sounded like I'm not, you know, trying to explain her theory. And then um, she's like, "Look at it! Look at it!" And everyone's like, "Damn, she's right." Okay, everybody, we got a lead. Good job, Deb. And she's so yeah, she's so intense too. She's like, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Deborah, who uh, earlier told uh, Anton to leave town, um, uh, who has not left town, um, and uh, he actually accepts the uh, the um, offer to be a bait because he knows that uh, it will help Deborah. So. Uh, which is, you know, he's a fool, you know, for doing it. But, uh, you know, he likes Deborah, so. You know, you know I'm going to get into how much of a fool he is by spoiling uh, a little something from season four. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not going to say what happened, but I will say that he is in season four. And I don't know if they watched season three. Uh, before, you know, writing season four. But it's like the one thing that really stands out to me mm-hmm. um, is he volunteers for this, right? Mm-hmm. He knows there's going to be someone after him that wants to remove this from his body right. while he's alive. And he's doing it for, quote, Love, unquote, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to help you. So in season four, 
He's back. That's right. He's not going to die this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he volunteers for this mission, and next season I I watch it and I'm like, Deb, do you know what this motherfucker's been through for you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, dumps him for a 90-year-old, basically. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far with the spoilers. Oh, okay, my bad. Erase what you guys just heard. Yeah. If your woman asks you to be bait to trap a, uh, a skinner or a serial killer, say no. Just say no. Okay, it might be best. That's the exact thing to say. You know, maybe it's time we started seeing other people. <laughs> you can start I would tell her she can start by seeing that Skinner <laughs> oh Jesus oh, my god Deb. my dear sweet Jesus <sighs> so uh, Anton says yeah I'll do it <laughs> if I can keep hitting that you know not, <laughs> not exactly that way but you know I'm paraphrasing um but Prado and Dexter uh, meet mm-hmm. following the capture of Chung. And, you know, this seems funny because, you know, uh, I think it was early or when they were bringing him. I don't remember exactly the timeline. But uh, the uh, Miami Metro resident perv, some folks like, you know, you and him look like like and he's like, that's so racist. I can't believe you fucking said that. And then um, he looks at the picture and he's like, oh, my God, we do. <laughs> so uh, Chung surrenders. Um, you know, it's a plan orchestrated by Maria and Ellen. And Prado tells Dexter that, uh, you know, he Dexter was right. They can't kill Ellen. And he's like, I'm sorry. You know, I I have to. He's like, I have to listen to you, man. I have to listen to you. You, you you're guiding me, you know. And, and uh, that's when Dexter's like, Yeah, yeah. Do you want to be my best man? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That's when I go. Um, and Miguel's like, I would be honored if I was your best man. You know, you know that kind of thing. Uh huh. And uh, then, you know, Dexter walks in. We talked about it a minute ago. He walks in with a pie and, you know, closes the drapes. I'm not sure why. Uh, he injects sodium pentothal into uh, or pentothal into a piece and starts feeding it to her. And she's like, <clears throat> you finally brought me... The perfect pie. Oh. Get delivering. Yeah, you yeah, you nailed her, man. That's my little secret. Um <laughs> And then we fade to black as she fades to death. Fades to death. <laughs> you know, before before uh we get into the next episode, it's quarter till close to it, right? Around there, quarter till. Mm-hmm. How about uh, we toss out that phone number uh, one more time, so uh, you know people can have a chance to call in. Uh, 
Sure. The number is area code 347-326-9541. Once again, area code 347-326-9541. All right. So uh, the next episode is episode 8 of season 3 and 32 overall, and it's called The Damage a Man Can Do, directed by Marco Siega, written by Scott Buck, and it premiered on November 16, 2008. All right, so this episode uh, begins with Dexter and Miguel having a little buddy time, you know, pizza and beer, watching sports. And then eventually uh, Miguel suggests another victim to Dexter. It's this former football player named Billy Fleeter who, uh, um, who has killed several people to help settle his gambling debts. The difference this time uh, is that Miguel wants to be the one doing the deed. Dun, dun, dun. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, man. Uh... We'll get to it in a minute, but I'm just... I have a mental image up. Uh, continue, please. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, Miguel wants to be the one. Uh, um, but you know, hey, you know, he's obviously dabbled in crime before, as as um, Ellen Wolf has said. Quite surprising, um, I guess. As but anyway, so the next morning we see Rita having a lot of trouble with the stress of pregnancy, the upcoming wedding, and starting a new job. Snapping at Dexter over just about everything. Uh, we see the relationship also between uh, Deborah and Anton progressing. It, you know, with the two of two of them having uh, moved to sleepover stage of the relationship. So that relationship is blossoming, and you know. Uh, as you know with Deb, if any time she's in a relationship that seems like it's going well, eventually it's going to crash and burn. But I, I guess we kind of gave away how eventually it does. But you know, kind of, sort of. But we'll go into that uh, next season. All right. And this is the first time a relationship lasted through to another season. Uh, but we'll get to that. Shit, I keep wanting to get ahead of myself. Uh, so Miguel Miguel and Dexter do some little recon at this uh on Fleeter at a local casino. And uh, this is the part I was laughing about. Okay. I'll let I, you I'll let you take it away. Well, they're sitting at a bar, you know, they see Fleeter and uh Dexter, you know, he starts talking about the code. But the funny part the the really, really hilarious part is Dexter looks like Dexter. <laughs> but Miguel looks like a damn Unabomber suspect <laughs> wearing a, you know you know how in movies when someone really really tries to look inconspicuous right? <laughs> and they wind up looking very conspicuous that was Miguel right? so when Fleeter goes to leave you know they go to follow him and uh well, even with this outrageous disguise, um, 
the 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 public is still coming up to him like Miguel or you know Senor Paro, you know. It, uh, the disguise did not work, and he looked ridiculous. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so they call it off uh, at that point in time, you know, because they're like, people noticed you. <laughs> this is bad. Right. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, he needs uh, he needs to have uh, do a little more practicing. It's in serial killer stalking one hundred and one, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I got yeah. When you when you try to look inconspicuous, don't try to look. Yeah, <laughs> right with the glasses and the hat and all that. Yeah. All right. So um, Deb finds out that Anton was never on the books as Wait, a CIA. What? Yeah, that Quinn had always paid him in cash, but he really wasn't a CI. Uh, at least um, not officially. Um, which means that he's really not on the hook. You know, he doesn't really even have to do this, but he doesn't know this. So, um, um, right, cause she, she just tell him, tells him, I think at this point, uh, that, uh, she got him off the hook. You know, he, he's no longer obligated. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you think she lied to him? Um, well, to keep him on the hook. <laughs> so you, you think uh, he would hold a grudge against the police force and her and her vagina? I don't know. It depends on how good that vagina is. He offered to be a uh, bait for a Skinner. Oh. It's got to be worth something, man. Uh, I'm thinking Deb probably knows what she's doing. It's like he's a musician, not a bad-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Um in fact, I'll say it, you know, Anton is an attractive guy. And he's fit. He, uh, did I say he's a musician? Mm-hmm. Because that counts twice. It that goes a long way with Liddy sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. He's big in the club scene. He knows everybody. And, and yet... He volunteers to be bait because of this woman. It yep. must be made of gold. <laughs> oh yeah, there must be elastic in there. It's like it opens up, goes right back. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised coming from her. It must be all the running. Oh yeah. All right. So yeah, it it it's just <laughs> that would not be a reason to lie to him because she has him right where she wants him. So why did she do it? Because she can, <laughs> pretty much. I'll agree. <laughs> no, you know, I think. Um, she just didn't want him to be upset with Quinn. Because, yeah, you know, it was supposed to be a professional relationship. But, you know, they, they were kind of buddy-buddy, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really what it was. She she, she did not want... And, and also, she didn't want any time to be pissed off about anything at all. Right. 
<sighs> so now that we've dissected that, we can right. carry so, on. So following up on Deborah's break, um, a homicide has brought a bunch of tree trimmers into the office for questioning. And one of them is a Mr. King who tells Deborah that and Quinn that one of his employees, Mario, has killed somebody with a knife back in Nicaragua. So that makes them hmm? um, just a little interesting factoid. He is also the first person they spoke to about the Skinner case. All right. Way back when they found Tegan. Right. And and I want to tell you something. Or was uh, it someone else? I don't remember. I want to tell you something about that 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 character and stuff. Um, remind me to say something once the Skinner has been revealed. That you know, I'll, I'll just say that. Just remind me to tell you something about that. Uh, okay. But I don't want to uh, spoil spoil an, an episode that was uh, five years ago. <laughs> so, uh, but just remember, at this point, as an audience, we all know who it is. Right. They they don't tell us, but it's one of those, you know, it's 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 Pretty slapping obvious. you right in the face. Right. And this guy just told you who it is. So. Right. You see what I did there? That was a red herring. See what I did? I saw that. You like that? That was brilliant. That was actually brilliant. Thank you. They'll never suspect a thing. (laughs) All right. So Quinn Quinn, uh, tells Deborah that Anton was never officially an informant uh, and that his arrest record was never filed. That. Anton had taken an unnecessary risk as bait in the Freebo case, and it infuriates uh, Deborah. And then Quinn figures out that Deborah and uh, Anton was in a, in a relationship. Yeah, he, he's all like, "You fucking this guy or something?" You, <laughs> you are. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know how this Boston guy wound up in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So she plans to tell Anton, you know, that he had been manipulated uh, illegally and repeats to Quinn the, the allegations that she heard from Amado, the uh, IAB person, that he was responsible for the death of a cop. So um, let's just say uh, Quinn and Deborah are not uh, seeing eye to eye at this point. And that's a shame, too, because they just learned to tolerate each other. Wow. I mean, just recently, too. <laughs> All right, so, uh, meanwhile, so Dexter and Miguel break into the Fleeter's house. That's the uh, the person that they're stalking to see if they're going to kill him. And uh, Dexter finds a likely murder weapon, a baseball bat with blood traces, and discovers via a gambling ledger that Fleeter is down $30,000. So, He's basically they're making the case that he deserves some killing, uh, Fleeter. So, uh, um, you know, and, all right. So then also to uh, Deborah tells Anton the news about his non-existent criminal record, and the two um, make plans to celebrate at breakfast the following day. So, uh, Ooh. yeah, uh-huh. all right. So uh, anyway, so Dexter runs the blood on the, from the bat, and it ends up being a match for one of Fleeter's victims. 
So Dexter and Miguel move forward with the plan. They purchase supplies, including a knife, you know, to, to kill. And uh, then they go to this uh, storage facility in the casino to put the set up the kill area, putting down plastic and whatnot. So they're getting ready to do do uh, the thing. All right. So um, um, just real quick, I'll just run through this. Uh, Lagorta and Ellen Wolf go out for some drinks at a after this police function, and, and, and that's when you find out that Ellen likes some young and she likes to party, and and Ellen tells uh, Lagorta. That she needs to relax and have you know develop a social life, you know. So, uh, and I'm like in my head thinking, no, she doesn't. I love her just the way she is. <laughs> but uh, she eventually finds love, and that's what matters. <laughs> so uh, Dexter and Miguel uh, make contact with Fleeter at the casino bar as they move as they move to follow Fleeter. And take him down. A man recognizes Miguel. This freaks out Dexter, who immediately wants to shut down the operation. And um, they decide to make a decision on the following day. So you know, we had talked to already about how Miguel had his hat and glasses, and you know, obviously stood stood out. So, right. so anyway, so um, Anton. The, the next day, Anton stands up. Deborah. At, at de- at uh, breakfast, so then she calls Dexter, who has just uh, seen in the paper another man who bludgeoned to death uh, using Fleeter's mo. So um, Dexter and uh, Deb decide they're going to meet up at a jewelry store to help uh, Dexter pick out wedding bands. Um, Deborah suggests that that uh, Rita should buy an engagement ring. And express uh, concern about uh, Anton may have bailed on her because she found out he's not an informant. That you know she's worried that maybe he doesn't have to be uh, nice, you know, because of the fact that he's not really uh, um, responsible for that. But so she's worried he might not really be into her. That it might have just been. A situation where if he, you know, kept her happy long enough, he could have gotten off the hook for whatever debt he thought he owed to the police department. Mm-hmm. Let, me ask you, let me ask you a question on a personal level. Uh, did you, when you got married, did you buy a engagement ring or just a wedding ring? Um, I, I'm going to be completely honest here. Uh, when I got married, mm-hmm. it was a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. I went to work, you know, uh, went home, and uh, I was told, you're getting married today. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't buy shit. <laughs> oh, we, we, we stopped somewhere and picked up a, a set on the way to the judge's office. So there was no engagement. <laughs> no, we we said for a couple of years, you know, we're, we're going to get married. Um, and... It it just became one of those things where we're like, it's not that the time's not right. It's just, you know, well, we don't have the money for it. And my parents are like, well, I'll pay for it if you do it right now. Like, okay. Oh, wow. So, 
Okay, because I was going to say, why get an engagement ring? What's, I mean, do you give those back? You know, they, <laughs> you're not engaged anymore. So. <laughs> well, a woman is supposed to wear her engagement ring and her wedding ring. It's a set. That seems like just wasted money. <laughs> yes, coming from a single man. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't see and, why you need both. I mean, one should be enough. And but, you know, uh, Dexter's like, um, you know, she, she says she doesn't need one, and Deb's like, oh, she wants one, and size matters. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, hey, get the biggest fucking one you can find. So you know. <laughs> That's what he does. So then what happens? All right. So uh, while waiting to pick up Mario, the uh, the, the possible Skinner, uh, Deborah asked Quinn about Amato's claim that he got another officer killed. And apparently uh, Quinn and Amato were partners in narcotics and a drug addicted cop they worked with committed suicide. And Amato blamed Quinn because he knew about the guy's drug problem, and he didn't report it. And that was how, supposedly, that, uh, um, you know, how he supposedly got a cop killed. Which, you know, is a far cry from, you know, having a cop killed by not reporting a drug, you know. She totally... uh, you know, uh, misrepresented that. So yeah, it's not that she was wrong; she just wasn't right. Right. So the context, and after that, um, they interview Mario. Mhm. And you know they're they're telling him, you know, you're our suspect. Uh, we will have you deported. Do you want to leave your son, your your American-born son? Do you want? To leave your family behind and go back to the hellhole. Um, what was it, Nicaragua? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go back there to the war and to the violence, or do you want to stay? Because <laughs> if you want to stay, you got to come clean about this right now. Let us know what's going on. And um, he's like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. And they're like, really? Well, your boss, um, you know, says that you have something to tell us. And he's like, Senior King said that? Send me back! Send me back! <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what? He he was just dude, complaining and scared to death about leaving his family. And suddenly, because his boss is all like, you know, pointing the finger at him, he's like, okay, yeah, get me out of the country. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> you can keep it. So this this kind of uh, sets off a red flag for them. Yeah, huge red flag. Ugh. So, uh, and then, you know, they're, they're very they're suspicious, but Deb is still kind of concerned about Anton, you know. So she goes to the club, and She's like, you know, they they basically tell her, we don't know where he is. He didn't come. He didn't work last night. He did. He didn't show up for his gig. And of course, like tried and true television, because no matter what, how good a show is, you you gotta stick with the fundamental fundamentals. Sometimes, um, 
we hear things like, well, that's not like him. <laughs> well, of course not. Uh, so she has alarms going off in her head left and right. But there's no time for that because Dexter and Miguel have Fleeter. Yes. Now, and, and real quick, uh, I guess we should just finish off, tie off the the uh, dev part, is that she goes to Anton's apartment, found the door unlocked, and she noticed uh, that the uh, trees near the building have been recently trimmed. <laughs> if she wasn't right, she would sound like a complete nut. <laughs> no. I've seen my boyfriend, his trees were trimmed. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh god, that's just so funny to me. <laughs> like dun dun dun. Is Anton the latest Skinner victim? <laughs> Maybe. Right. Uh, so um, all right. Um, so then we go back to uh, Deb Dexter and Miguel. They grab Fleeter uh, at his place and take him back to the killing room, and Dexter passes the duties on to. Uh, Miguel, who seems to take a moment like a fish uh, uh, fish to water, it's crazy. To the moment. <laughs> it, it's crazy how well how well he does because um, you know Fleet is like, what's going on? And and you know, this is usually the point where Dexter's like, you know, I'm here to make you pay for this and this and this. Or if he's feeling, you know, particularly personal that day, he'll be like. You know, I'm having a rough day. My wife or my fiance is wanting this and blah blah blah. You know, just start bitching about his own life. You know, it's it's his time to come clean about the world. Um, and Miguel's just like starts his own monologue. You know, he's like, "We are justice." It's like, whoa, he's good at this. <laughs> and he plunges the knife into Fleeter's chest, and uh, Dexter asks him. How do you feel? Uh, <laughs> I remember this. Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, I'm not sure what to compare this moment to. Usually, you know, I I watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind uh, yesterday, um, and there there's a moment in that movie where. Uh, Joel and Clementine are like riding to her house after their first, you know, day together, the first day they meet and that connects me uh with, you know, those moments where you're with somebody new and it's still exciting and fresh, that kind of thing. Mhm. And and this moment it's like you empathize with Miguel about finally doing something that he always wanted to do. <laughs> but it, it, you can't put your finger on where that would happen in your own life. <laughs> because it's it's not like, yeah, you know, I'm awesome. I, I did this. I'm the king of the world. Because <laughs> he, he is very subdued with his happiness. He's like, fantastic. You know? <laughs> The most interesting man in the world. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it compares to the time you lose your virginity. Uh, he he looked like he was better than sex. <laughs> the way Actually, he when that happens, you want to do it again. And again, and again. 
so Dexter, Dexter oh, yeah, De- well, first Dexter cleans up, you know, yeah. then he goes home. Mm-hmm. And what does he do when he's there, Kente? Gives Rita a brand new engagement ring. And then apologize. She apologizes to uh, Dexter for his hormone field ac- actions and says it feels like she has a monster living inside her. <laughs> Do you remember what Dexter says? Uh, Do an impression if you can. Um, I forgot. What did he say? Well, maybe I can help you out with that one. <laughs> but you see how important that ring is. Right. 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 She's a crazy hormone-fueled woman trying to plan a wedding, uh, plan a pregnancy, and have a new job. That ring comes into the pictures, and she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that thing has power. She's like, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Uh. <laughs> exactly. She she now has her precious, and, and she's going to be fine for a while. <laughs> That's that's what I was going to go into Um, As the show closes We find out uh, Dexter went home But Miguel didn't Where did he go sir? He went to uh, Miss Ellen Wolf's Home And uh, you know we see uh, Miguel Moves inside the room And and towards her as the and then the screen basically fight, fades out, so you know he's not up to any good. Do you think he, they had sex? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I don't think it was sex that was going on. I think it was. Well, we're we're right here, so I guess we can. Things we can getting, say, things getting inserted, a lot of blood. Oh yeah, definitely some sticking. Are you sure it wasn't sex? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right, so uh, the next episode is about last night. It's episode 9 and 33 overall. It's directed by Tim Hunter. Story by Scott Reynolds and a teleplay by Melissa Rosenberg. And it premiered November 23, 2008. Um, this episode begins with the morning after uh, Dexter and Miguel's first tag team murder. Ooh, a threesome. And... <laughs> A despondent seal shows up at Dexter's and Rita's place, wanting to know whether Miguel uh, Miguel's story uh, that he was out with Dexter was true. Dexter confirms that they were together, but the stories don't mesh when Dexter says that he got home at midnight and Seal says uh, that he returned at, at dawn. Uh, that Miguel returned yeah, she's at She's like, dawn. he just got home. Yeah. And, he, you know, Dexter's like, uh... See, he's not used to having cover for a friend. <laughs> you know, and he should have... If you're going to lie to your wife, uh, you know, tell your buddy, you know, so he can uh, adequately, you know, get his, get your back. But, he can't, but remember, Miguel cannot be honest with uh, Dexter about this because Dexter already said... You can't do that. Right. And and this does this puts Dexter in a very odd position. Well, not yet. We'll get to that. Where Dexter goes to see Miguel, who tells tells him that he was so wired after the killing that he went to a bar and stayed up until daylight. 
Dexter knows the place and remembers to himself that it closes at 2 a.m. So is Miguel lying to him? Mm. <laughs> like, did Miguel just lie to me? <laughs> so, all right. So we we cut to Anton's apartment where a near frantic Deborah is looking for evidence related to her new boyfriend's likely encounter with the Skinner. Using evidence near a uh, the complex's trash dumpster, uh, Angel uh, or Angel. Dexter and Quinn helped Deborah determine that Anton likely struggled with the Skinner near the dumpster, hit his head on a nearby wall, and was thrown into a car. The uh, group feels that they must get in contact with George King. George King is the uh, tree trimmer supervisor and the top uh, Skinner suspect. Angel uh, gets on the horn to get a warrant while uh, Quinn and Deborah go to watch the King house. So, you know, it was pretty obvious, you know, that that King was the uh, killer. You know how I knew? Okay, this is the thing that I was saying. I knew it was him right away. You know why? how I knew? Because you know the actor? Right. <laughs> I, when I saw that actor, I was like, there's no way he's just a freaking, you know, a tree trimmer. That he's probably the killer. <laughs> that's just, that does that in Law and Order too. Like when they interview somebody and and I know the actor, there's no way they would pay, you know, whatever he would he would uh, get unless he had more to do with the story. So he's probably the killer. So <laughs> you know, unfortunately, yeah, it kind of I kind of get spoiled in that way. Yeah, but then again, as we mentioned it before. Uh, because of this stuff, um, uh, Dexter, I think, is better than most of uh, the other shows where they're like, you know, say, Robin Williams on Law & Order SVU. <laughs> What's he going to do there? Is he going to be a cop? Of course not. The guest star is going to be the bad guy. Right. They don't, they don't try to uh, jerk you around with it. You know what it is. It's just a matter of storytelling when they actually acknowledge this. But you know going in. You know. Hey, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a murder she wrote. Where, you know, at the last minute, oh, it's the butler. You know, so. uh, Right. And and at least it's always somebody that is on the show. Um they don't just bring somebody out of the woodwork and be like, uh, you know, Dexter's hunting the serial killer. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And then you find out like at the end. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't, they don't jerk you around that way. So in the next scene, we see a partially skinned Anton sitting in a chair pleading for his life as King, dun, 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 AKA the Skinner stands over him with a horrifyingly huge knife. <laughs> I like that horrifyingly huge knife. Uh, still looking for uh, Freebo, King tells Anton that he has one hour left before he starts cutting again and that Anton should use the time to consider the skin that he will have left to use. So you remember now, uh, um, King is looking for Anton, who he doesn't know is dead. I mean, I'm sorry, he's looking for Freebo, who right. he doesn't know is dead, and he thinks that Anton can help him. That leads to a great conversation later on, but there I am again, getting ahead of myself. Uh, you know, 
on, on a brief side note, the horrifyingly huge knife, which is more like a freaking machete. <laughs> you know, um, for one, it looked very big to to cut such intricate patterns out of people's bodies. Mm. And two, you know, thinking about the skinning would be bad, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't exactly a clean blade. Right. So right after the skinning, I'd be like, man, if I live, I hope I don't get tetanus. <laughs> right. That'd be terrible. You give you a sick fuck to skin somebody. While they're alive, especially. But shit, when they're dead, too. Uh. Well, so, you don't get the soil and green just by, you know, watching it. <laughs> All right, so... When Dexter gets to the office, he overhears uh, Lagorta leaving a voicemail for Wolf, who is uh, who's missed a hearing that morning. Um, and then uh, that's when Harry appears to Dexter, and uh, representing you know Dexter's concern, pointing out that Prado was unaccounted for last night before, and now uh, Ellen is missing. You know, like mm, see the dots. Yeah, and Dexter's like that doesn't mean anything, Dad. <laughs> right? right. He's rebelling against his dead stepfather. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then um, after that, we see uh, Deb uh, break into King's Garage pre-warrants, uh, you know, and nothing's there. Um, Dexter calls uh, a much happier Miguel, and Miguel tells him that his morning hearing was continued. And that he has a few more projects he'd like to discuss with Dexter. <laughs> a few more projects. Oh, man. He's just taken to this new life as a killer, boy. Uh, so then we, we go to the uh, the um, office, you know, uh, and um, the, the Anton case is uh, their top priority. Um, even um, La Guarta is pitching in. And... Um, to help question Mario, the king, you know, that's the king employee who uh, was yeah. scared as hell. He was going, tell me about the Nicaragua. <laughs> deport me, please, deport me. <laughs> so, uh, but then um, later a, a calm king arrives at his home, claiming to have been working all night. And Deborah and Quinn show him the warrant and take him to the station for questioning. So, uh, you gotta love that a uh, uh, tree trimmer that works at <laughs> night. I would throw rocks at him trimming trees at night. <laughs> like, like go to bed. <laughs> someone had an emer- someone needed an emergency tree trimming. <laughs> right. It's like, why would you be tree trimming in the middle of the night unless you're a dick? <laughs> Which he is. Pretty much, yeah. He's a dick. <laughs> Alright, so um, Dexter's watching the um, LaGuardia's uh, interrogation of Mario, recognizing genuine fear when he discusses King. You know, he knows that look, you know, because he's seen it a lot in his line of work, right? Yeah. So uh, Deborah and Quinn don't get anywhere in their questioning of King, and Dexter suggests to Deborah she try uh, uh, a more different approach, a differential approach. Yeah, he's like, why don't you, you know, uh, defer to his 
control because that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. Or don't defer to it because well, basically he's saying rock the boat a little bit. Right. This guy, if he is who you think he is, likes to be in control. So to make him lose it, you have to take the control away. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, Laguerta tells him that she hasn't tells Dexter that she hadn't heard from Wolf. So Dexter goes to uh, Ellen's uh, house and through her uh, car. Uh, though her car is in the driveway, there's no sign of, of the woman. Dexter finds traces of blood on her desk. Uh, via another conversation with Harry, uh, Dexter remembers that he once told Miguel a uh, a good place to hide bodies is underneath a flesh uh, a freshly dug grave. So he he's thinking maybe he followed his advice. So. Uh, which is a really good place to hide a dead body, by the way. I mean, I never used it. <laughs> I've never killed anybody. But uh, it seems like a great idea. Well, it sounds you know from experience. Yeah. <laughs> from watching TV, of course. <laughs> right, right. Because, you know, you, you, you would never hurt anybody, right? Right. Oh, never, never. <laughs> I was asked. I was actually asked that once. I uh, did a polygraph. Oh shit! Done several. Um, it, it was a training thing. Um, I hope so. They're like, have you ever hurt anybody in your life? And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, well. And then I start this long monologue about how I emotionally hurt somebody. And mind you, it was total bullshit. Um. <laughs> Because the, that those that was our instruction. Uh, no matter what, you lie your ass off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> I uh, made up this big story. He's like, I hurt her. I didn't mean to hurt her. But, you know, I couldn't be with her anymore, and she was just so. Blah, 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 and, <clears throat> and at the end of the test, um, the, the tester. Uh, looks at me and says, you know, I, I didn't even need the machine. You are a terrible liar. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That that was my little tangent there for a second. Right, open the fine seal. Miguel arrives at an open house. Rita is helping with. And he, he starts to talk to Rita. And he swears, I'm not having an affair. And is open to her assistance in repairing his ma- uh, marriage. Now, this scene is very important. Mm-hmm. Not in what happens, because, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. We were just talking about being a bullshitter. Miguel turns it on bull. No, he's not having an affair uh, physically. But he has found a new passion and a new love. <laughs> and it's not his wife. And it's not violin. Um, but the words he says to her make her feel so good, make her feel so confident in what Miguel is saying. Um, I don't, oh man, I wish I could remember verbatim, but she's like, uh, he's like, I, 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 you know, oh, here was, he's like, you are so wise. 
I could learn so much from you, that kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> He's, yeah, he is full of shit. He's full of shit. <laughs> uh. So Deborah, in the meantime, is like going ape shit with King. <laughs> and she's jumping on top of him and demanding answers. And Quinn's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, leave. You know, this. This this you can't do this. Hey, it doesn't sound too bad though. She jumped on top of him. It 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 did lead to uh Deborah and Quinn are like, Oh yeah, you know, we both kinda messed up, you know. <laughs> <sighs> I guess we can like be cool with each other. That's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And 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 in the meantime, while they're like, you know, Chilling out, you know, and Anton's still captured somewhere. <laughs> you know, time is of the essence, and they're like, ah, let's take a second. <laughs> but uh, Dexter is also on his uh, journey. He he goes to a local cemetery and find and finds um, Wolf. He finds her. He finds Ellen Wolf at the bottom of a. Open grave. And it's like, Miguel really did it. And I taught him how. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, Harry has to gloat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad when your live dad does it, but it must really <laughs> suck when your dead dad. Because <laughs> I told you so. He's like, you know, Frodo's, he's making his own decisions now. There's going to be a whole bunch more of Ellen Wolf, you know, you know, those type of victims. And of course, going back to typical TV, which is sometimes a good thing, uh, we get that nice shot of Dexter and um, him glowering and saying, "No, there won't." <laughs> and then he calls Prado and he's like, "Do you want to get lunch?" <laughs> um, Miguel apologizes. Did you, did, you, did you remember that? He he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, sorry about that," you know. <laughs> Excuse me. You you take over. Yeah, he, he um he apologizes for killing. <laughs> I love that. What a great friendship. And I'm so sorry I killed that girl, man. You know, he's he's like apologizing for it, but he does not, however, feel guilty about the murder, claiming there's definite definition of innocent is different. And Prado does not promise there won't be any more solo projects. So. And then he thinks that he's untouchable. Dexter thinks to himself after Miguel leaves the table, uh, after he leaves the table, that he's not, and it's time that he learned that. So then we see Dexter return to the cemetery and hop into the uh, grave where Ellen's buried. Um, okay, so with the interrogation going nowhere, uh, La Guarta and uh, Miguel, I'm sorry, LaGuerta asks Miguel for one more time with uh, with King in custody to help Anton. And a, a call comes in that a new body has been found at the cemetery. Um, Ruh-roh, Raggy. So, <laughs> so uh, Dexter, Vince, and Angel uh, analyze Wolf's body and determine that she was hit in the head and stabbed three times. Vince says that the body is clean. 
with uh, Dexter, Dexter's inner monologue confirming that it was his doing and that Miguel is being uh, caught. Being caught is not part of the lesson he's hoping to teach. A distraught LaGuerta arrives at the uh, cemetery, followed by Miguel, and Dexter confirms that this was a lesson about the code. Miguel seems to agree that Dexter is correct, but uses an eerily similar language to what he used with uh, Rita after criticizing his failings as a husband. Dexter, Dexter, uh, you are so wise. I could learn so much from you. <laughs> you so full of shit. <laughs> and isn't it isn't it funny though that even though um Harry's telling uh Dexter that hey, uh your boy's going rogue here, uh Dexter is still like, you know, I can reel him back in. <laughs> I'm the teacher, right? You know, it's it's like being a elementary school teacher. <laughs> you give him a little slack and then reel him back in when you need to. Yeah. I'm in control. Not after they committed murder. <laughs> well, for Dexter, murder is the same as, you know, writing on the wall. Yeah, but not of an quote-unquote innocent. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so Dexter arrives home and hears the story of uh, Rita's uh, interaction with Miguel. Hearing that Miguel's uh, word choice confirms to him that Miguel has been lying, and Dexter wonders how far back the dishonesty goes. Thinking of the bloody shirt from uh, Freebo's murder. Now, remember they did a real close-up of the the bloody shirt that he had back in episode two when um, Dexter killed uh, Freebo. Yeah. Um, A shirt that, you know, Freebo's blood was on it uh, was supposedly uh, Prado's pledge of trust. Um, Dexter immediately leaves. Okay. So, um, at the station, Miguel agrees to attempt an off-the-record bluff with King to see if he will accept the deal. Miguel enters the interrogation room and turns off the camera. But when he comes out, he says that... uh, Comes out, says that uh, they have to let King go. Um, Dexter arrives with Miguel's... uh, Freebo shirt and test it. Now, I don't think we said this before, is that one of the things that Miguel did to show that he can be trusted was he gave Dexter a shirt with supposedly Freebo's blood on it so to say that this will show you that I won't betray you. So Dexter now is testing this shirt with, that he supposedly had this evidence that was incriminating. So um, anyway, so with King now on the streets, Deborah devises a plan to trick Mario and has the trees near his home trimmed, thinking King now, you know, may now be out to get get him and his family. Mario tells uh, Deborah of a secret building King rents using cash. Hmm. So Deborah and Quinn pull up on the building just as King was putting his key into the lock. Though King manages to sneak off. They find uh, Anton still alive, so you know, um, which I was really happy about that, you know, because uh, it looked like he was about to get it, <laughs> you know, like this wasn't going to end bad, end good for him. So it uh, would fit the uh, pattern uh, for Deb. So as Dexter, killed by another serial killer or 
another serial killer involved in our love life. <laughs> Either a serial killer or a victim, pretty much. Is. Yeah. All right, as Dexter awakes the blood test result from the shirt, Miguel goes into LaGuerta's office and confronts her. Uh, he comforts com- her. Comforts her. I'm sorry. Com- uh, um, Dexter De- confronts her. You need to feel better now. <laughs> Dexter finds out the blood on the shirt came from a cow. <laughs> Bovine? What? <laughs> oh, shit. So, you know, Dexter says, I didn't create a monster. He thinks to himself, I was used by one. <laughs> he used me, <laughs> you know. Um, so Dexter has a fantasy where he destroys the office in a fit of rage and that that's great too because they don't like cut away they don't do anything to let you know that you know it's a fantasy they just show him starting mm-hmm. to break shit and then uh a few seconds later um everything's reset and Miguel pops his head and is like hey want to play golf tomorrow <laughs> and uh you know you know it goes to slow motion a little bit and he's watching Miguel leave and Dexter's like um hold on I'm I'm going to read this verbatim Today I keep up the pretense, but soon, maybe tomorrow, Prado will know exactly how I feel, because finally there's an emotion I don't have to fake. Today, I feel something real. Uh, so you know if Dexter's feeling is <laughs> not good. So. Yeah, when he feels something, blood is generally shed. But you, you know what this tells us? What's that? That, I mean, we, we've we already seen the facade of Miguel breaking down throughout the season. Mm-hmm. What this tells us is, since this whole thing started, since the death of Rebo, it wasn't... Um, Miguel's intention to ever be honest with Dexter. He has been bullshitting Dexter from day one. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, you know, had to, you know, get a shirt with cow blood on it. Yeah, I mean, he would have been a fool to give him actual evidence that can incriminate him. Like, you know, that he should have... You know, I mean, he would. That's just plain stupid if he had done that. Yeah, but uh, we we realize that it, we didn't see Miguel fall into the darkness. All right. We saw Miguel uh, fall out of the light that right. was covering the darkness. Right. It was already there. Dexter cannot, should not blame himself for anything that happened. The only thing Dexter did was, um, you make, know... Make him efficient. And, yeah. And I don't think he had murdered anybody up until he met Dexter. He Well, you know, he could say that because he put the blood in his mouth, you know, uh, for murdering. Because, I mean, he probably wanted to, but Dexter actually gave him a method, you know. So, I mean, he he should... You know, he could have some uh, feelings about that. I Personally, I think it was just a matter of time before Miguel did it anyway. You can say that, yeah. 
he found somebody to latch himself onto to say it was okay. Because I think that was the only thing stopping him because nobody was like, you know, yeah, we should kill these bastards. Everyone around him was like, we bring them to justice. That's what we do. <laughs> All right. So um, next episode, I promise you we will finish the third season. <laughs> I promise you. I I will bet I will bet Josh's life that we will finish the Wait, last. what? <laughs> I will bet Josh's, Josh's life that no. we will finish. Yeah, we'll finish it. I, we're going to finish the no, last. I mean, that, that, the bet my life thing. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, look, we need a little pressure on ourselves to make sure we get our job done. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't want you to die, so I'm gonna. we're going to work real hard to make sure you don't die. Extremely okay. hard. Mucho hard. Well, um, I guess now's the time where you tell us where uh, we need to be Monday night. Uh, oh. As always, uh, every Monday night, you can catch me in Bahia. Uh, we do a little show called Talking Walkers. It's the Walking Dead podcast. It's every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, every uh, Thursday, uh, we have the spotlight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And when I'll let you tell about Wednesday. Wednesday night, it is the Wednesday night showcase on Raya Radio. That's Spreaker.com. Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, dot com, slash, user, slash, Ramsey, R-A-M-Z-E-E, beginning at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard, 5 o'clock Pacific, uh, we have a little show called The Wingman Show, hosted by uh, this guy called The Wingman, I don't know if you ever heard of him. Oh yeah, I call him Wingy. Yeah, um, he, he, what he does, he, he talks about movie and television news. He talks about uh, who's doing what in Hollywood, not who's doing who. So it, it's a lot of casting, a lot of uh, director talk, a lot of uh, this is what's going on. After that, it's a jump into the mind of women, and boy, what a hell of a jump it is. Oh, my God. As <laughs> the ladies' room, <laughs> oh, man, it... It is just crazy in there. I believe in the, in the first episode uh, this past week, I heard the words um, uh, sharing breast milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets it's oh man, it's one of those things you gotta tune in and listen to for yourself. It's the ladies' room, Ryan Network, and. At 9.30 Eastern Standard, 6.30 Pacific, you'll hear a couple of familiar voices. You'll hear myself, by the way. Michael C. Hall, too? Yeah, Michael C. Hall, too. (laughs) Just kicking it with Michael C. Hall. No, it's just kicking it with Ramsey, man. (laughs) Just kicking it with Ramsey. Real people, real talk. Raya Radio, we... You know, I don't, I don't want to say we're crazier than the ladies' room, but we certainly have our moments. Me, you, uh, the main man, Ramsey, the talented Mr. Keith, and uh, how does he put it? 
the coolest man on the planet. What's cooler uh, than Ice Cold? Kenny. Kool-Aid. Oh, Kenny. So, yeah, it's um, it's kind of like, you know, guys' night uh, after 9.30. We, we can't tell you that it's going to be a straight two hours of solid entertainment because sometimes it goes to three. Um, and then after that, uh, there's a little thing that comes on Thursday night. It's only listened to uh, by a million people. Uh, what is that, sir? That's the spotlight. I love the spotlight. Thank did you know you. that? Thank you, thank you. You yeah. didn't know that, did you? You didn't know I was a fan? No, I didn't know that. It's it's very enjoyable, especially when you have that wingman guy on sometimes. He's awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that guy is such a diva, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, high maintenance, um, and like fights start when he shows up. But you know what, though, I have something for him. Especially, it's the perfect key lime pie. It's Dexter's recipe. Dexter. Yeah, he'll love it. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think he's allergic. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. He he won't have to worry about uh, breaking out or anything. <laughs> You're like it's gluten free. It's okay. You won't gain any weight. I promise. <laughs> Might lose some weight. <laughs> right. Become dead weight. <laughs> and as always, Friday nights are your nights. The fans of Dexter, the people that love to talk about the guy we love, the serial killer with the heart of. Blood. <laughs> I was going to say, out of, gold, out of blood. Uh, and remember, code, that's us. Remember, next week we're going to uh, have our uh, serial killer names. If we were serial killers, what would our names be? And you know, and what our method of killing would be? Let, let's open up uh, suggestions from uh, the listeners, too. If you think you have cool names for us, let us know, and we'll read them on the air. Right. Or if you have cool names for... Anybody. I want to know what Al Pacino's serial killer name is. Uh, you know what I'll do is uh, I'll post it on Facebook and stuff and then see what people say. I want, I want to see how many people, how many people come up with the hoo killer. <laughs> the hoo All right. Well, I guess that's it. Um, we will see you next week on the final episode of season Three review, which I had no idea that it was going to be, you know, this long. But, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed it, so. And then we get to uh, begin the three-year journey of <laughs> No, that's crazy. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll have to figure out how we're going to do that. <laughs> All right, man, so I, I will talk to, talk to you next week. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, i got to bring you that pie, but... <laughs> Well, then I will officially say that's a wrap. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week, guys.